How many believe that he's been waiting? Amen? Amen. He's waiting on the church. He's already ready. He's got things ready to go see. Good to see Thelma and Tom come in here this morning. God bless each and every one of you. We're so glad that you're here today. Glad to have Glenn and Vicki here with us today. I hope that uh, you will treat you some type of way where you'll want to come back. We want the power of God here in this church. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. Amen. Those of you that hear me as I read today, you'll begin to see something that kind of goes along in this. But uh, God is telling us today that he has the uh, unction in the spirit today to open up the windows of heaven and pour down his Holy Ghost latter rain. I want to say that again. He says, I have got the windows of heaven open and I'm waiting for someone to open the door so that it will come and we'll have the outpouring of the latter rain. Now I'm going to read chapter 4 and then I'm going to read a little bit in chapter 5 and then we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 44. I, I think it's very important to hear chapter number 4. I love chapter number 4 because the first word in it says after this, this is where the rapture takes place. But immediately, John is carried into heaven and he sees what's going on in the throne room of heaven. I'm going to tell you, y'all are too dignified to be in the throne room of heaven. I'm going to say it again. We, 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 we worry about what other people think. We're so, so dignified and when we get into the throne room or we try to press into the throne room, we get scared to death about what somebody else is doing. What somebody else is going to say, I don't care what you got to say about me. I come to worship the Lord today. Everybody say hallelujah anyhow. Verse number one says, after this I looked and behold a door was open in heaven. Everybody hold out and say the door is open. Mm-hmm. It said, and the voice which I heard was as it were, the trumpet talking with me and said, come up hither and I'll show thee things which must be hereafter. Come up here and I'll show you things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that too. Now that's, that invitation is still available today for each and every one. Come on up here and I'll show you some stuff. Amen. And behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he that was sat that sat was to look upon as a jasper and a sword and stone and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw the four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold, that is, the church, the twelve apostles, and twelve representatives of the tribe of Israel, the church that God has called, sitting in heaven, clothed in white raiment, having a crown on their head. And it said, and out of the throne proceeding lightnings and thunderings, and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second like a calf, and the third beast had a face of a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes without, and the rest, and they rest day and night, not day and night, saying, read that with me, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, and is, and is to come. Everybody stop reading it with me, so I'll keep on reading anyhow. Amen. And when those beasts gave glory, 
and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Let the church say amen. amen. And in verse 11 of chapter 5 it says, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. And the beast and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice. Saying with a loud voice. Saying with a loud voice. Hollered out. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. With a loud voice. Everybody likes to be so dignified when they come to church, but here in heaven there is a loud praise going on. And he says there they were shouting out a loud voice and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I say, and blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and upon the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever. Someone shout amen this morning. Now go with me to Isaiah chapter number 44. This is really my text today, but I wanted just to read that because I'm happy that I ain't got to stay here on earth. I said, I'm happy. I ain't got to stay here. And I want you to also know and to understand today, I want you to understand something amazingly, that although John was carried up into heaven, the invitation for you to enter into the throne room of heaven is still open. It is your responsibility to go in. He is not going to push himself on you, but the throne room is open unto you. Everybody say, I see it. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 44 this morning. Isaiah chapter number 44, reading verse 1 through 8. It says, Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant in Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou Jezron, whom I have chosen. This is the verse I want you to see. For I will pour out, pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thy offering. And they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the watercourses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord and surname himself by the name of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who as I shall call, and shall declare it, and set it under, set it in order for me, since I appointed thee the ancient people, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Everybody holler out and say, don't be afraid. So many Christians are scared to death today because there's a virus out there. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it, ye are even my witnesses. 
Is there a God beside me? Yeah, there is no God. I know not any. Now that's God talking there. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I, I feel pretty good. I'm about ready to preach here this morning. But, but I want you to, if you will, today to just understand and look at verse number three one more time. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Ask your neighbor, say, are you thirsty? Ask another one, say, are you thirsty? I want to submit to you today, you are not. I've seen people that's thirsty. I've seen a whole lot of people that's thirsty. And I want to tell you, I ain't seen a whole lot of thirsting in the church today. Amen. In Revelation chapter number four, the door was open. And there in the door, you began to see what was going on in the throne room of heaven. God has populated and decorated his throne room in heaven with praise and with worship. And that's where he wants to come. The Bible says, listen to me before I preach. The Bible says, I inhabit the praise of my people. It does not mean he just comes in and visits. It means he comes in and he wants to stay. God wants to stay in his church. And he will find a church that will literally entertain him and keep him there. He won't want just to visitate you, visit you. He wants to habitate you. He wants to set up his own little tabernacle in you and be there and be there all the time. And he wants you to always continually be praising him with a loud voice. Now, I know all y'all get loud. I've heard you when you get mad sometimes. I've seen some of you when you're out there at the football game. I know all of you can get loud. And we need to get loud for the Lord. You know, we need to shout louder than we've ever shouted before. We need to praise harder than we've ever praised before. We need to lift up our hands higher than we've ever had before. And some of y'all need to shout louder and jump up higher than you've ever jumped before. Some of you ain't jumped yet, but God said in 2021, you're about ready to jump. Praise the Lord. Father, bless the reading of your word. Anoint my uh, lips today, Lord God, these lips of clay. Open up my eyes, Lord God, so I can peer in the heaven. Let me hear, Lord God, your throne as you began to speak through me that I will only speak that that you have given me to declare unto this church. Lord, let this word penetrate each and every heart, soul, mind, and body. Let nobody leave here the way they came and grafted upon their spirit, grafted upon their heart, Lord God. Keep it ever before their eyes. Father, put it on their hands. Let them see what you you are calling your church to do today and Father I ask you Lord that they will respond and they would respond to you in a mighty way and today will be the last day that you have to beg us to praise you. I give you the praise and the glory for it in advance and I ask you Lord here today to have your way in Jesus name let the church say amen. amen. Look at somebody and say excuse me. Excuse me just a little just a little bit. I want you to excuse me just a little bit this morning because I might get a little happy here this morning. In 1949, over in the, the islands of Hebride, on the outskirts of Scotland, two little old women, Peggy and Christine Smith, one was 80, one was 84. One was blind. One was hunched over like this because of arthritis. Got to the point that they could not go publicly to church. So what they decided to do is that they would go in in their cottage and set up a prayer room on the inside of their cottage and on a daily basis they would go and they would begin to pray unto God and they would begin to seek God and that's where they would meet God at. One day as they were there in the Bible study they came across this promise in Isaiah chapter 44 verse 3. 
where God says, I promise you, I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. I will cause floods to come upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit out upon your seed. And I will bless you. I will pour out my blessing on your spirit. How many of you need God's blessing in your heart? How many of you need God to bless your children? Some of you under the sound of my voice, you got children right now that's fighting issues. That every breath that they get is literally a miracle from the Lord. We need to be the one standing in the door, open up the door, so that they can experience the blessing of Almighty God. We need in this church and we need in this nation, if there's ever a time in the church that the church needs to respond and be what God called them to be, this nation needs a revival. We need a revival not only here in the church, but we need a revival in our politics. We need a revival in our schools. We need a revival in our law enforcement. We need a revival in every institution, the courts of this great land. We need God to pour out a flood on the dry ground that has been dried out by the power of hell and God is calling our church to get it ready to get it prepared and do it and I want to know today are you ready to go forward to do it look at somebody say excuse me just a little bit so they began to pray and they began to pray and they read this scripture and they began to pray all day they were in a fast and they prayed all night long and and through two or three nights of fasting and praying on the third night one night Peggy the the oldest one of the, the siblings she began to get a revelation from the Lord and she heard the Lord speak that revival was coming and the church of her fathers would be crowded again with young people. I want you to know tonight, and I've been praying, and I've been preaching, and I've been declaring it from this pulpit for many, many years, and I've been doing it everywhere I go. Revival is on the way. I want you to know that this generation that we're counting off as being lost, God is about to step into this new generation and show them that what they're looking for is not out there in the world. they got to come back to the church. I believe that God is about to bring a revival like you ain't never seen before. I believe we got one last move of the power of the Holy Ghost here in the United States of America, and I want to be the church that is the gatekeeper of it here in Bladenboro and in this region. I don't care if one's got 500 and another's got 100. God said if any two touch and agree on any one thing and be together that he is in the midst and I want to get just two people in line in the unity with almighty God so that God can come in and bring a revival because I'm sick and tired of hearing about this young child overdosing over here and this and blowing their brains out over here and this and over here in a mess I believe that my God is still the same God today as he was yesterday and when he got a hold of me he can get a hold of them and I believe that it's all got to start in the church and the only reason why there is a demon out there today is because he came through the church and the church let him go out there so it's time for us to lock him up and put him back behind the key and declare that this generation that's out there today is God's and it is the best and toast and choice generation and God has called him to do something amen I want you if you got a child here today look at him shake him a little bit get their attention and say you're going to serve the Lord Amen. I believe that with all my heart. So she sent for the minister. His name was Reverend James McKay. And she shared with him what was going on. She says, God has told me that there's a revival coming to the Hebrides. And she says, the God has told me that if you'll follow up and you'll do what I'm going to ask you to do, he'll fill your church up with young people. He'll fill your church up. And, I, and she, he, she said, I want you to get your elders and your deacons and start having some special times of prayer. And in that prayer, all I want you to do is wait on the Lord. Put somebody and say, wait on the Lord. In other words, don't come in here with no plan. Don't come in here with no agenda. Don't come in here with no, with no scripture. Don't come in here with no song. Just come in here and sit down and say, okay, Lord, we ain't going nowhere until you show up. Amen. 
And they began to do that there. And they began to move in a great way. And in the same district at that point in time, over in the barn, everybody holler out and say, in the barn. In the barn. Oh, some of y'all can't come to the church because it's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. Or something ain't right over there. But these people are out there in the middle of a barn smelling the feces of animals. And they joined out in the barn. And they began to get hungry for the Lord. And they began to pray. And they began to get down there. And they literally began to pray in a barn. And they began to experience a foretaste of what was coming to the Hebrides. And God began began it in men. Everybody holler out and say men. Holler out again and say men. Every one of you men that's listening to me online, you sitting in the house right now, shame on you. You need to be here in this house with your children and you need to be the one that's leading your family because it is because of you, your children's in the midst that is him and the children need you and your family needs you, your wife needs you, your church needs you, your God needs you and if you can sit there in your house on your bed on a Sunday morning and say it's alright for you to catch it all mine, something's wrong with your spirituality. It's time for you to hit the door of the church and beg God to show up in your family. God began to move in these men. And when God began to move in these men, one night they waited upon God. And a young deacon got up and he began to read Psalm chapter number 24. Flip over there with me right quick. I want you to see this. He began to read Psalm chapter 20 number 4. And as he began to read it, God began to do something on the inside of him. And God, he began to do something in the Hebrides. And I'm going to tell you something there that you need to understand. God is ready to do the same today. Amen. He stood up and he began to read verse number one. He said, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. He, for he hath founded it upon the sea and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity, not sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him and seek thy face, O Jacob. Peace or shalom. Lift up your heads. Everybody holler out and say, lift up your head. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and ye lift up ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Amen. Who is the king of glory? The Lord uh, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Even lift them up, everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Shalom. A silence went over the crowd as conviction began to hit. And he looked at them and he said, Brethren, I'm going to tell you today, I think that this basically... It's just a bunch of humbug coming in here and sitting down and waiting and praying like we've been doing. He said, the reason why I think it's a bunch of humbug is because if we ourselves are not rightly related to God, if we are not in the right place with God and coming in here and sitting here and praying and asking God to show up when we ain't right, it ain't going to happen. And in the middle of that congregation, in a barn, smelling cow feces, he lifted up his hands and up to heaven, and he began to cry out with a loud voice, and he says, Oh, God, are my hands clean? He said, Oh, my God, is my heart pure? 
And conviction hit them and it went no further. And all of a sudden the power of God showed up in that little barn and he fell prostrate on the floor and all of them men fell out on the floor and awareness of God filled that barn and a stream of supernatural power was let loose in their lives that brought a revival that is still talked about today and a revival that whether you realize it or not and I'll tell you by the end of the service has strong and lasting implications on the United States of America. Everybody just hold your hands up right quick. Say to God, is my hands clean? Is my heart pure? If it ain't, get it clean, Lord. If it ain't pure, Lord, get it pure, Lord. I can't live another day with dirty hands. I can't live another day with a heart that's defiled. I need you. I need your power. I need your glory. I need your presence. And I'm not going anywhere until I get your presence. If you believe that this morning, shout out amen. Among those that was converted in that barn that day was a 15-year-old boy. Everybody say 15. 15. Oh, my gosh. And he became an outstanding helper in that revival. He became a frontline prayer warrior in that revival. The evangelist Duncan Campbell heard what was going on and he decided that he was going to go to the Hebrews and he went over there and the first place he wanted to go to see was this little 15-year-old boy that had got saved. They said when you come around this little 15-year-old boy that the conviction of God would fall all over you. They said when you showed up in his presence or he showed up into the place that people couldn't sit there and not praise the Lord. They said this man had been in, this little boy had been in the presence of God and when he walked he was an open doorway of heaven and when he showed up into the place God would shut him down. I want you to know Duncan Campbell said I gotta go find this little boy and he began to get on his little donkey and he went out there to where that barn was or that farm was and he turned around and he asked to see this little boy and his daddy said I don't know where he is he gets lost about this time during the day I don't know where in the world he's at and he went looking for him and he walked into the barn and when he swung the door open of the barn there was a 15 year old boy down there on his knees praying with the Bible open and he was praying and the glory of God hit so bad that Duncan Campbell went out in the power of Almighty God right there in the barn and all of a sudden he come back to himself and he walked to this little boy and he tapped him on the shoulder and he looked at him and he said, Oh, Evangelist Campbell, excuse me just a little bit. I've got an audience with the king. Everybody look at somebody and say, Excuse me a little bit. Oh, this little 15-year-old boy look at the, the greatest evangelist of that day and said, I know you're here. I know you're popular. I know you got some power behind you and I know you anointed. But your anointing ain't like what the presence of the king is. Give me a little bit of time. I'm going to get into the presence of the king. I don't care. You sit there and you wait on me just a little bit. I'm going to walk into the presence of the king. Go ahead about your business. Do what you ever want to do. If you don't want to come and join the presence of the king with me, go ahead. I don't care. But I don't care who you are. I got a presence with the king right now. I'm in his presence and nobody's going to pull me away from it. We need somebody in the church like that today that don't care what's going on. They ain't a football game. They ain't no baseball game. They ain't no event out there. No marriage, no funeral, no virus that can keep you out from having an audience of the king. Everybody holler out and say, excuse me a little bit. Boy, I'm about ready to excuse myself just a little bit. I feel the power of Almighty God here in this place today. I just wonder if we can interrupt the life in this world today. I wonder if we can interrupt the stupidness that's going on in the world today. I wonder if we can overcome the fear that hell has put into the church and shout out just a little bit and let the devil know, excuse me a little bit. I got an audience with the king. I ain't giving no attention to that virus. I ain't giving no attention to the recession. I'm giving the attention to the one that can bless me, that can take me through and carry me through. He's the one that I'm after And nobody else is going to have them If I can't have them Amen Look at somebody say Excuse me just a little bit 
when he was asked to pray in the meetings, that little 15-year-old boy. God, I feel God. In the Hebrew, he's able to experience the most vivid outpourings that you've ever seen in your life. One night, he showed up at the police station. He just walked into the police station. Nobody knew who he was. And he walked into that little police station, and all of a sudden, the police officers got looking around, and 200 people showed up all at one time. Just came out of nowhere. They just showed up there. And they were standing around. They didn't know why they were there. The people that were in jail there, they didn't know why they were there. And all of a sudden, this little 15-year-old boy stood up and he clapped his hands like this and he said one word. He said, Father. And when he said, Father, the glory of God fell and all 200 of them went down to the ground and the jailers had to go out and open up the jail cells and bring the jail jailers to this little boy and bring him there and everybody that was in jail gave their heart to the Lord. The power of God didn't just show up into a house. It showed up not only in the church. It showed up in a barn. It showed up in the jailhouse. It showed up in the police station. People would stop in the middle of the streets and they just get a sense all of a sudden that they had to get their life right and they'd fall down on their knees right on the middle of the street wall and they'd sit there and in the middle of the street people would have revival right in the place because two little old women that knew that Jesus was ready to do something other prayed and fasted and begged and got God prepared to do what needs to be done. I wonder do we have anybody in this house this morning that and say, excuse me, just a little bit. I want to have an audience with the king. This little 15-year-old boy, I'm telling you, he's had a big, heavy, heavy, heavy influence on the United States of America. A lot of you may not understand that, but I'm going to share it with you in just a few minutes. A little later on, they were in service one night and Duncan was up there and he was preaching and he was a powerful preacher and as he began to preach, he began to realize that there was a heaviness that was over the crowd and all of a sudden he stopped and said, excuse me just a minute and he went over to his lead prayer warrior and he said, go get all the men joining together, start praying, something's wrong, something's wrong and they began to pray and he went on to preaching and about 20 minutes into that there, he began to realize that the heaviness was getting worse and all of a sudden he caught the eye of this little 15 year old boy that was sitting back in the middle of the crowd and all of a sudden God spoke to him and said he is the one that needs to be behind this pulpit not you he's living closer to me than you are he said you call on him and you let him pray a prayer boy I want to see some of those 15 year old kids have that happen in life and he stood up and he read Revelation chapter 4 about after this I looked up into heaven and I saw the church I saw the throne of God I saw the one that was sitting on the throne he began to read that there and all of a sudden he stopped and he said oh my God everybody just got quiet all of a sudden and he read that verse where he was talking about the door was opened up in heaven and he began to just look sit there and he looked and the, the heaviness began to lift and all of a sudden he screamed out and he said oh my God I seem to be gazing through the open door. I see the throne room of Almighty God right now. I see the Lamb, and He's sitting there on His throne, and on His vesture at His girdle is the key of hell and death. And He began to sob, and He lifted His eyes up toward heaven, and He said, Oh my God, church, can't you see it? There's power up there. There's power up there. There's power up there. And He began to pray a prayer. Lord, let it loose. Lord, let it loose. Lord, let it loose. Lord, let it loose. Lord let it loose and all of a sudden everybody in the crowd was on the ground on this side they were laying over the pews prostate on this side everybody jumped up and came up and their arms turned completely around and they stood up like this right here people were trying to turn their hands your hand couldn't have been in a human position 
and like that. And there are people trying to turn it back. God had showed up in the building, and in the building, He left the building, and a revival broke forth in the city streets. I'm wanting my God to show up in living water just like that. Is anybody with me this morning? Shout out, Amen. So He began to say it after. He began to quote that, and He began to holler it out. And with a force of a hurricane, the Spirit of God swept into the building and the floodgates of heaven were opened up and God rained down His blessing. God rained down the rain. Everybody holler out and say, Lord, send the rain. Say it again. Say, send the rain. We sung that while ago and I looked at some of y'all and I said, what in the world is he talking about where the rain is the anointing of Almighty God? The early rain, the former rain is the anointing of the Old Testament and the latter rain is the anointing of the Old te- or the New Testament and God said in the last days, he said, I'm going to pour out my former rain and I'm going to pour out my latter rain at the same time. So the same anointing that you see in the Old Testament and the same anointing that you see in the New Testament, God said, I'm going to combine them and give you a double portion in the last days. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm sick and tired of the trickle of God's blessing. I'm sick and tired of a little rain shower of God's blessing. I'm ready for a deluge and a flood of God's power to show up in the church and to wake up some of y'all dead people in your voice and some of y'all dead people in your spirit and get somebody to shout and praise the Lord that we know he's worthy to be praised. Smiley somebody this morning say, excuse me a little bit. I hope some of y'all just asked me, ask the Lord for that in a few minutes and after a while, you're just going to have to lose yourself. Amen. church resembled a battlefield there wasn't nobody standing one side had people just laid out all over the pews strapped over the pews the other side had people sitting over there that looked like that they had went through a grinder they had their feet turned all kinds of way and their hands turned all kind of way one little boy got up tried to go get his mom and straighten out her legs straighten her head and God it just froze them and turned them and showed them that there was a physical power of God that was tangible and when we touch it, God can change every situation. The Spirit of God was released. God had come down. And thank God and in my ministry I had the opportunity to hear a tape of six of the veteran prayer warriors and this little boy. And I watched it as a young reporter began to interview him and ask them how they got God to show up like that. And while that young interviewer was interviewing him, you could feel the power of God as it began to sit. They began to talk about how God began to move and what happened in that area. And all of a sudden, it was this little 15-year-old boy that's now uh, probably somewhere in his 70s or his 80s. And they gave him the opportunity to speak. And he wouldn't say anything for a few minutes. He wouldn't say a word. The power of God was so thick. And he leaned up in his chair after about five minutes of complete silence. And he put his finger in that little reporter's eyes. And he said, if you can ever find him, if you can ever find him, don't you ever, 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 ever let him go. If you manage to get the door of heaven propped open, if you ever manage to do that, don't you ever let it close again. He leaned back in his chair and he looked at him and he said, if you do, you'll be left at a useless door. 
where all you have is a past encounter from the Lord and all you can smell is where he has been before. If you can ever get the door open, don't you ever, ever let it close again. I want you to know it is not easy for you to get the door open. It is not. The Bible says, who can go up to the hill of God? Who can go up to heaven and open up the door? And it says it's those people with clean hands and a heart that is pure. It is those that are not out to make money off of the gospel. Some of y'all on the line, you need to hear me. It's not because you can speak or you got all these conglomerations and you got all this and you write books and you make money. That ain't what it's all about. It's about you having a pure heart that you ain't trying to get over anybody and build up a treasure here on this earth. It's about building up a head treasure up in heaven. And God said the only one that can come into the throne room of heaven is those that's got clean hands and that's got a pure heart that is undefiled. He says I'll pour out my blessing upon them. He said I'll bless them and they can open up the door. I don't know about you here today but if I ever find them, if I ever able to open up that door like I know it can be opened up I don't care what any of y'all do. You can leave me. You can sit there and you can laugh about me. I refuse to ever ever let him go. Is there anybody here I'm talking to here this morning? I can see up in heaven through the throne room door and I can see what's going on and God has told me I want to restore the tabernacle of David here on this earth I want the worship of God to be 24 hours and 7 days a week I want my people to have a heart that they are after my presence and my face and they are seeking me and not my hand if my people will humble themselves and they will pray and forgive their sin God said I will forgive their sin and he says I will come and hear their land but you got to humble yourself and make your heart pure and get your hands clean everybody hold your hands up one more time and say oh God is my hands clean is my heart pure if it's not Lord cleanse my hands pure my heart Lord God today I need you I got to have your power excuse me a little bit devil I got to get a hold of the Lord for just a few minutes somebody shout out amen, amen. oh my God the power's there let's let it loose so I had the opportunity to listen to this boy his name was Donald Smith he said, if you could ever manage to keep the door open and to get the door open, you do whatever it takes for you to keep it open. He said, if you don't, you're going to be running through the bride the streets. One day you're going to run through the streets and you're going to be just like the bride of Solomon when she didn't open up the door asking everybody, have you seen him? Where is he at? Because there is coming a time to the church that God, Jesus is going to turn away from the door. I told you last week that he was at the door and he was knocking. And I told you that there was no reason why that the church door should be locked unto him because he owns the church. But he gave the key to Peter and Peter has transferred us down to him. You have the key. Somebody here has the key to open up the door and to let Jesus in. Our problem is, is we've lost the key. We've laid the key around. There is the key of glory that's laying around somewhere and God is begging this church to get serious enough until you'll get up and search for it and find it. Just like the lost coin in, in the parable of the girl that lost that coin. She cleaned out the whole house until she was able to find that one lost coin. I want you to know we got to find the key to open up the door and to get the power of God back in this church. It's not enough just to walk in here and look good and look pretty, hear good music, hear good preaching. I don't want to come to another good service. I want to come to the most outstanding service that we can ever have. I want God 
God to show up. I want somebody to say, excuse me just a little bit. I'm going to have a, 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 a evidence and a visitation from the king. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Isaiah 44 tells us that we're his servant. Look at somebody say, you're his servant. What does that word mean? That means you're under obligation. You are under. How many here say, let me just see your hand. Let me see your hand. You're under obligation to praise the Lord. That word servant means you provide a service. You give a service to the one that is your owner. You wait on him. Like you would wait on somebody if you are a waitress or a waiter in a restaurant. Amen. And if your service is good, when you wait on me, I'll tell you now, I'll pull out and I'll make your day. But if it's sorry, you ain't going to get but maybe just a few pennies from me. And the reason why we don't have God in the church like we're supposed to is our service literally ain't worth nothing. We ain't waiting on God. God wants this and we want that. God wants to do this and we want to go yonder. God wants you at the church and you want to sit home. God wants you to read your word and you got something else going on. God wants you and you want everything else. But my God said, if you're my servant, he said, I cause you to be a service unto me and you do it out of obligation and you do it because you're mine. You do it because it's a requirement and you do it in gratitude and somebody loved you enough to reach way down in the very miry pits of hell and pull you up out of it. I don't know about you, but there ain't nothing else that you can praise God for is that you ain't got to go to hell. I wonder if there's anybody in this house today and can praise the Lord because hell is not your home. Then he went on and he says, you're chosen. Look at somebody say, you've been chosen. That means, I want you to hear this Hebrew word. It means uh, that he looked at everybody else that he had up in heaven. Every, every spirit that he had up in heaven. And in the last days, he looked around and he said, you're the best. You're the one that's chosen. Look at somebody say, you're chosen. You're the choicest premier stock that God has got for this time. Right now. Oh, y'all ain't believing that. I heard two people say to me, You are God's last day choice to usher in this revival. You're the only one that can do it. You're the one that's got it in you that can do it. God put it in you to do it. God looked all over heaven, searched all over heaven for somebody to send down here so that they would be here so that it can be done. And God said, you are my chosen. Smiley, somebody say, you're chosen now. You got a big responsibility. It ain't enough for you just to walk in here and sit on that pew cross your arm like this right here and say, move me if you can. You know what I'm going to start doing with some of y'all? I'm coming some rocks and I'm going to start throwing them at you. I'm going to move you one way or the other. We are his servant. We've been chosen. And we got a big responsibility. And I know that's scary. I know that at that point you feel like that you can fear the Lord, fail the Lord. But the Bible tells us in that same verse, he said, I'm going to help you. That word helps means I'm going to surround you and I'm going to protect you and I'm going to aid you. I'm going to help you. 
Thank be to God that God don't call you and put you in a situation and say, go do it yourself. God said, I'm going to be with you every walk of the way, every step of the way. I'm going to carry you everywhere you need to go. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to surround you when hell wants to come and take you now. I'm going to protect you when the virus wants to come into your place. A thousand can fall to your left side, ten thousand to your right side. But I got news for you. It will not come nigh your dwelling because you're my servant. I chose you and I'm going to help you to get what I need, God, here into the church. I wonder today how many of you are available to a God that chose you. He said, and when you get in that point, he said, I'm going to pour out the, the rain on those that are thirsty. I'm going to pour water on the rain. That word pour means I'm going to wash you up. Oh, it ain't about me trying to get you straightened up. Your, your preacher ain't got to preach at you and get you straightened up. Your, your, your husband ain't got to preach at you to straighten you up. And your wife definitely don't need to preach you to get straightened up. If you get in this place, God said, I'll pour out the water of washing and I'll wash your hands and your hands will be clean. I'll pour out the water of God and I'll take your defiled heart and I'll give you a brand new and I'll clean you up. I'll make sure that you're the one that's bringing me glory. It ain't nothing that you do in yourself. It's what God will do in you and through you and by you and for you. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for God to clean up living water. I'm ready for God to clean up the church. I'm ready for God to clean up the United States of America. I'm ready for God to clean up some of these people that used to praise the Lord, now they lost the fire. I want you to know today, I worked hard to get the door opened up in many churches, and I'm working hard right here to get it opened up. And somebody here in this house is going to join me in unity, and we're going to go and prop up that door, and we're going to have angels coming up and down on a daily basis. We're going to have God showing up and inhabiting our praise. It's time for us to get serious about the glory of God. He said, you're my servant. I chose you. He said, I'm going to help you with all of that there. He said, but you got to be one thing. There is one requirement. There is one condition. Look at someone and say, you got to be thirsty. The reason why I said some of you ain't thirsty is because when you're thirsty, you're out there hunting for water. You want some water and you want some water right then. You ain't want somebody to bring it to you. You'll go find it. You won't let everybody else go do all the work. You'll dig a well so you can get something to drink. God said if you're thirsty for the washing, if you're thirsty for the anointing, if you're thirsty, you'll fast and you'll abstain from some stuff. You'll lay some stuff aside and you'll abstain from it. So when the water comes, I can change you and I can change you and wash you and anoint you. I want you to know that God said I'm going to help you. And the anointing, the pouring down of the anointing of God, the definition for the anointing is smearing on you. But what it really means is, is that God gives you the strength and the power to do what you can't do in your own self. And I'm ready for somebody to give it all to God and Surrender 100% to God so that God can do what he wants to do. Then he said, if you get there where you start running after some water, look at somebody and say, how far have you been running? Some of y'all ain't took the first step. Some of you still standing up in your recliners. <laughs> ain't thirsty enough to get up out of the bed on Sunday morning to come to church and get to church on time. But you let that there alarm ring for you to get up at 5 o'clock yeah. to go get your money yeah. or to go get a job that's going to pay you and you're going to about key yourself to get there so you don't lose your job. Yeah. Yeah. Where's your priority? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just not that radical. I'm just not that crazy. I'm, I'm just happy being comfortable where I'm at. I'm just happy just coming in, you know, playing with God over here and then going out cussing everybody out through Monday through Sunday. And, you know, through Monday through Saturday and then come back Sunday and act like I'm all right. I don't want nobody to make me uncomfortable. My God said it ain't about a preacher making you uncomfortable. 
He said, when somebody gets serious enough to prop open the doors of heaven, he said, when I come down, there ain't got to be a word that's spoken. He said, I'll show you who's God. Beside me, there ain't no other God. Smile at somebody say amen this morning. He said, if you get thirsty and you start hunting for that water and you go running for that water, he said, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to flood out my spirit on the ground. That word in the Hebrew means that he is going to send the stream through heaven so heavy that it will literally shake the atmosphere. Shake it. An earthquake of God's glory. God said, I am about ready in 2021 if I can just find some humble hearts that are hungry like David was to stand up and to say, no matter what, I'm going to go get the glory of God and I'm bringing God back to his proper place. He said, if I can just find a few of them, he said, I will rain down a earth-shaking atmosphere, changing anointing and power of Almighty God and that that has been dry and dying, I will revive it back up. It'll be just like when I ask Ezekiel, can these bones live? And you got to look at the Lord and say, Lord, you're the only one that can and the wind blew and they began to have a shaking and they stood up and they became an army. God is about to raise up an army one more time in the church. Are you going to be a member of it? Then he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. That word there in the Hebrew means he's going to send out a refreshing, a a sound and a sight of relief. He's going to send out a fresh path to travel on. In other words, the church has came off of the path of God and sent over this way. They're out there called, they're user friendly today. They're user friendly today. They are not God friendly today. If you don't want the preacher to get loud, then the preacher will talk like this. If you don't want the singer to get loud, then the singer will sing like this. If you don't want this type of song, they'll sing that song. And if you don't want nobody to call your name from the pulpit, they'll give you exactly what you want so that you'll stay in the church and put your money in the plate so that they can have this and they can say, we got the biggest church in town. I I ain't got none of that mess here in this church. We're going to get it straight. You're going to get right with God or I'm going to pull a Nehemiah. I'm going to lock up the doors. I'm going to pull you to the altar and I'm going to say, all right, you made a covenant with God and you're walking on dangerous thin ice and it's time for you to get your covenant with God straightened back out. I believe that we need some preachers and we'll not compromise and we'll preach the word of God like it's supposed to be preached and demand from their congregation if you're going to be my parishioner, you're going to live what you say you're going to live. And God is about to put some people behind the pulpit to do that. Mm. I'm almost done, by the way. But I just feel the Lord here this morning. Then he said, I'm going to send you my blessing. Everybody say, I need your blessing. And see that word blessing there means gifts. It means God's going to send a word of wisdom. God's going to send a word of knowledge. That God's going to send the gift of prophecy. God's going to send the gift of healing. The gifts of healing. God's going to send the gifts of miracles. God's going to bring some things where people can literally interpret the heavenly language that is spoken. God is about to send a revival of the Holy Ghost like you ain't never seen before in your entire life. Our generation ain't never seen exactly what God is since 1949. But I want you to know God said in 2021 and I'm prophesying to you right now if, and this is the big word, if my church will humble themselves and get in the right position in the right place and get their hands clean, get their hearts pure. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll send the revival like you ain't never seen before in your life. And I want you to know a lot of you don't really want that. Most people in the church don't even want that. They're happy with the way it is. He's promised here today that he is going, he said, if you want to go to heaven, if you want to ascend to the hill of God, if you want to do that there, then you are going to come in and stand in my holy place. You've got to get your hands right. 
You got to get your hand out of wickedness. He's promised his service that he will help us and being what he called us to be. He promised to help us, surround us, and protect us. He's promised to put a hedge over us just like he did Job. And when the devil shows up to try to call something another, God already stands up in your battle. The Bible says the battle ain't yours, it's God's anyway. What are you worried about? God said, I got you covered from the top to bottom, the left and the right and everywhere else. Don't you worry about it. You go forward. You do what I called you to do. And when tough get going, I'll make sure that the tough that's trying to get you to go is going to get going. Smile at somebody say amen. He's promised to pour out his glory. He said, I'm going to pour out your glory on those who are hunting for my living water. That's why this church is named right. Living Water. All right. We're not dead water. We've been acting like we did. But we live in water. We've been acting like that God has passed us by, but God ain't passed us by. He said, I called you to be living water. And I want you to be a worship center. I want you to have some power in your life. I want you to have people pull up on the outside and feel my glory. I want them to get saved in the parking lot. I want them to get saved down at McDonald's. I want them to see them get saved at the stop line. I want your family to be under so much conviction they cannot sit here for an hour and hear a man scream and holler. And when all the call comes sitting there and look like that they want to get out of here. I want you to know the reason why you're so uncomfortable this morning is you don't know him and you don't love him like he loves you. He's promised you today that he would do that. He's promised to fill us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But you know what? We got to open up the door. Oh my Lord, everybody's quiet. We got to open up the door. We got to go find and use the key. And we got to prop that door open and keep it open. David over in Psalm chapter 84 verse number 10. He said it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Than to not have God. A doorkeeper at the right place. At the right door. Has more influence than a president. And more influence than the king. Because see the president can have power over men. A king can have power over men. But a doorkeeper is the one that opens up the door to the throne room of God. And see, you can open up the throne room of God to come down to earth. I want to be a doorkeeper that can open up that door. If I can't get no closer, I just want to be able to open up that door and prop that door open. I want to see Cliff Davis jump out of here and lose his dignity. I want to see every one of y'all praise the Lord like you ain't never praised him before. I want to see some of y'all just thankful and grateful that you ain't got to go to hell. I want to see somebody pray down the glory of Almighty God. And if I got to be the one to stand there and hold up the door and prop it open for you, I'll be the one to do it. The glory of God is pin up in heaven like floodgates behind a dam and the minute we can open up that door I want you to know an outpouring is coming like you ain't never seen before and I want to know are you ready for it to come God said I intend to flood the whole earth with my glory and I don't know about you but I don't want to gaze through the peephole of the anointing to see God's glory don't you understand what I'm saying so many people are anointed. I'm not against that. Thank God for that there. But I don't have to have a man's anointing. And I don't have to worship that man's anointing. And I don't want to look through his anointing to see what's going on up in heaven. I want to be able to prop the door open and see what's in the throne room myself. 
Everybody else is we're so concerned about what life is, and they're looking at, oh, we got a great preacher, and when we see him, we feel the presence of the Lord. Well, what about you being able to walk into the throne rooms of heaven, hearing the angels, and they praise the Lord, seeing the four and twenty, and they fall down and worship the Lord, hearing the four beasts crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. If you can never get one glimpse of the praise and the worship that goes on up in heaven, you couldn't sit here like you're sitting right now. I'm tired of looking through the people of the anointing to see the glory of Almighty God. I want God to open up the door so I can see it all. Amen. I'm not going to have second best. Look at somebody say, I ain't going to have second best. Look at another say, I ain't going to have second best. I don't want to try and see his glory through that peephole. I want to see his glory when it shows down. God promised that he's going to flood his glory and that he's going to come. And God says to tell you, it's going to start somewhere. It's going to start with someone. But that question that God is asking is where is it going to start at? And I wonder this morning, is anybody in this house going to say, Living Water Worship Center is the place I wanted to start at? Who's going to find the keys? that Jesus gave Peter? Who's going to literally open up the door? Who's going to be the one that hears him knock? Whoever and whatever it is when it happens, the very power of Almighty God and the resort will be an unstoppable, immeasurable flood of the glory of God changing churches, changing preachers and deacons, changing the family, changing the town and the political system. God is about ready to do it. But where are we at? We got to open the door. Slap that beside him and say, get up and go get that door. We got to do whatever it takes Amen. to get God's presence. Amen. We got to start going to get the glory just like David did. Mm-hmm. We got to say, Lord, we ain't going to get comfortable in our house. Right. I'm not going to get comfortable in my marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get comfortable in my position yes. until I have the glory of God back in my life. Yes. Yes. Let me tell you a little story. You heard me read this. He went to go get that glory and he done it the wrong way. The Philistines brought it to him on a cart, so he had a new cart, a new thing, and the Ark of the Covenant was laying there on it. And it worked good for a while. And all of a sudden, they got to a place to hit a speed bump. When it hit a speed bump, the ox tripped, and the Ark began to slide away. And Uzzah took his hand and laid it on the Ark, and when he did, immediately he was dead. See, all you got to do is just look at the verse. And I said a while ago that the church has went out to a seeker-sensitive type deal, making the church user-friendly. They're making the church user-friendly. That work is going to be killed because you don't play with the glory of God like that. You don't bring the world in to worship the Lord in the world's anointing. You bring the world in to worship the Lord under a transformational anointing from God. You don't come in and take people that are jumping up and down at the juke joint on Friday night to the devil's music and then come in here on Sunday morning and jump up and down to the God's music. You can play it for a while. It's secular. It'll look like it'll work for a little while. But after a while, God will get rid of the user or the user-friendly attitude because there's some people in the church right now that still want to see God's glory. There's a few people that are joining together and say it don't matter what's going on. I love it with all my heart and I am not going to let this church die because I want to get a few butts in the seats. Kingdom keys is laying around everywhere. 
Everywhere. And when we find that key and we open up the windows of heaven, then we see the power come. He messed up and he carried that ark over to Obed-Edom's life house. And Obed-Edom for three months was blessed. His crops was blessed. He, he became a millionaire in three months. In three months. And the word went back to David and said, you know what, Obed-Edom now has been blessed in a mighty way. So David decided he was going to go and get the ark. And he walked in, I can just hear. Who is it? This is King David. Oh. I'll be there in a minute. Come on in, King. It's wonderful. What you doing here today? I come to get that ark. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute now. You you wasn't so happy about leaving that ark here with me before, but I've been taking care of it for three months. And the whole time I've had it, God's blessed me and my children and my crops and my finances. I'm rich. I got this. People's got healed in my family. People has God show up. I want to keep the ark too. And David says, uh-uh, you can't keep the ark now. I got to carry it to Jerusalem. And he says, well, you got to give it back to me. He said, no, I don't want to give it back to you. He said, well, I'm going to take the ark and I'm the king. And Obed-Edom said, you know what? He said, give me just a minute. He turned around and he said, wife, get all the clothes together. Children, get all your toys together. Get everything you need because we're leaving this place because we're going to go where the glory is at. You see, that's what God wants it to be. God wants you to be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Anytime you see Obed-Edom from that point on, he was literally out there and he was the doorkeeper in the tabernacle of God. Something has been shaking the church. The calf, the ox, has tripped. And I want you to know, I've always said that the earth, that the world, has a right to trip out. But right lately, Vicky, I've been seeing that the church has literally tripped completely out. Smile at me, say amen, laugh, give God some glory, do something. Because you know it's the truth. God said in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, he said, I sought for a man among them that will make up the hedge and stand up in the gap before the, me and the land. He said that I would not destroy it and found none. God said, I've been searching for somebody. I've been searching for somebody that'll make up the hedge. That, 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 that will go up there and they'll stand in the gap. Well, I want to tell you today, whatever the hedge is, I want to know what that hedge is and where it's broke down at so I can go take care of it. Yeah. I, I want to go and find out what that gap is that's keeping God from coming to earth. And I want to go stand in the gap and I want to get God's glory back here on this earth. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody say, excuse me just a little bit. Holla again, say, excuse me. I'm gazing through the door of heaven and I'm seeing God with all the worship that there is going on in the heaven. And the doorkeepers in, in church right now need to rise up. Look at somebody say, are you a doorkeeper? Are you the one that God is sent here to live in the worship center to prop open the door? Are you the one that's going to rise up and take your rightful position? Are you the one that's going to scream out to the Lord and say, open up the floodgates of heaven and let it rain? Send the rain, Lord. We need the rain. Send the rain. Send the rain. I want you to know there is power behind that door. There is power behind that door. There is power behind that door. Power that would change your life. Power that would change this church. And power that would change this nation. There's power that would heal you. There's power that would save you. There's power that would turn your finances around. you got to get serious and open up the door. When are you going to get it? Look at somebody and say, let the power loose. Smile at somebody. Look at them. Say, I'm going to work hard to get it. Work hard to get it. 